Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the On the Horizon RC podcast. As always, I'm your host and Horizon CEO, Chris Dickerson, and with me, as always, our marketing director, the one and only Steve Petrato. <laughs> Steve, how's it going? Ah, going great, Chris. Uh, recovered from, mostly recovered from RC Fest, but uh, hanging in there. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, RC Fest. I mean, how cool was it? I mean, first of all, we had RC Fest. I mean, I there were a couple times earlier this year. I wasn't sure if that was going to be something we'd be able to say this year. And yeah. we not only did we have it, I mean, everything from the weather. I mean, yeah. how great was the weather we had? 80 degrees and sunny. Yeah. Uh, just such a good event. I mean, all around. We saw, I mean, I saw Horizon people that I haven't seen in a year. Um, yeah. You know, customers out there, moms, dads, kids. So cool. So cool. New Horizon employees that started in the last 18 months and I hadn't even met them in person. That was kind of cool. <laughs> um, it was like a family reunion a little bit, you know? It was, yeah. Not having it last year was certainly, you know, unfortunate, but then we were able to bring it back bigger and better. And I think we had a lot. We had over 100 staff out there over the weekend, which is wow. awesome. You know, yeah. it's, it's great to see just a volunteer. It takes an army to run an event like RC Fest. And, and I think the community really appreciates it here in Monticello. And, you know, people came from, we had guys from Mexico, uh, wow. from Florida, from all over the place. So it, it really brings in a huge crowd. You know, I, I think our, our numbers are rough still, but we're well north of 6,000 people in attendance. Um, you know, the fireworks always bring out a, a new crowd each on Saturday night. Uh, but yeah, a lot of great people there, a lot of great uh, feedback from the event. And, and we've already started the process for next year's event. So look, <laughs> looking forward to that. But yeah, awesome. If you didn't make it out this year, guys, definitely make it on your calendars. We'll, we'll announce the date soon. We had to move some things around, so we're working on the dates again. But middle of the year, next year, we'll be back at it with uh, the fifth annual. It'll be our fifth anniversary of our Fest. so we're looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be really good. And like you said, I mean, 100 Horizon employees out there, you know, volunteering and making it happen. And, and uh, you know, thanks to them for putting mm -hmm. it on. I think I think everybody had some fun. Like I said, it kind of had a little bit of a family reunion feel to it, getting everybody together and uh, having such a cool time. Of course, Andy Ziegler and Isaac and 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 Brad and the whole team, they yeah. really are the captains of that event. And of course, you, the voice of RC <laughs> Fest. Again, I, I can't believe your voice has recovered from Air Meet Live. And then you stand up there for two straight days, pretty much, yep. uh, you know, announcing RC Fest. So I don't know how you do it. Um, I'd run out of things to say, and my voice probably wouldn't hold up that long. But but it's so awesome, and it was cool to see. I mean, again, some of the best pilots, you know, out there yeah. flying for us. You know, a race. Uh, you know, some really cool stuff. I, I don't know. Did you have a favorite moment? If you had to say a moment, I think yeah. maybe I know your favorite moment. But what was it? I well, I have to say it was the uh, Saturday demos where I got to fly the, my uh, my big Stuka plane and the Warbird segment, and uh, we we did a little extra pyrotechnics for the crowd, which I don't think anybody was expecting. Uh, but we have a uh, what we call a, a cannon, but it's really just a black powder pipe that it can blow off some black powder. And I was able to drop a bomb and and kind of exploded on the flight line, which was just a cool moment for me because I actually got to push the button where it dropped the bomb and exploded. But, uh, you know, we weren't dropping real pyrotechnics, but we did create, James and I stayed up late the night before and worked on the whole bomb mechanism. And then the guys in the morning got together and helped put it on the plane. It was kind of a cool team building experience yeah. in the moment. We're like, we got to do this. This would be super cool. And it was two in the morning on Friday night and we figured it out. So, uh, yeah, that was my favorite. But what about you? Well, you know, I, I, I have to give credit to the new, bigger, badder, fierier uh, 
ring of fire, man. I mean, you guys each year you make it a little, little bigger, a little, yep. little. The flame gets a little higher. <laughs> um, and I think it, you know, it, but it was really cool. It was so fun to be able. Yeah, I got to push the button a couple times on on the controller and set the the flamethrower off. That's pretty cool. Um, and I thought the fireworks were great. What an exclamation yeah. point on the event! You know, to just Definitely. have everybody out there. It's a good fireworks show. We were talking about this yesterday. You know, just <laughs> the two of us. I mean, I grew up in a small town in southern Illinois. I think our fireworks are probably about as good as theirs are. You know, so yeah, uh, it, like you said, I mean, it's cool to get so many people out. You know, with their families, and and of course, that's probably my other favorite part is just seeing you know you know, parents with their kids, you know, trying RC and flying an airplane and, and, uh, you know, really just seeing how cool and how much fun. I think the boat pond is fun. And so that there was a line there the whole time of little kids <laughs> driving, driving the pool racers, you know, so that was, that was pretty good too. But, you know, again, thanks to everybody for an awesome RC fest. If you made it out, thanks for coming. Uh, tell your friends and family, you know, we'll be back next year, bigger, bigger, faster, stronger than ever. Fifth year, we're going to have to do some really special stuff, Steve. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. We, we've already been talking about that. James and I are thinking of some new uh, air show stuff. We, we were just talking earlier this morning about it. So it's, yeah, there's always, the minds are, it's easy to come up with ideas. It's just executing it. That always is the challenging part. But the team pulls it together every year. And I'm really, I'm looking forward to another amazing year at RC Fest 2022. So for sure. Uh, definitely. We'll put that on the count. Well, when, when we have the dates, we'll definitely announce it on the podcast too. When we have that all sorted out. Sounds but good. in other news, Chris, we've, we uh, recently, that same weekend, we sponsored a USO clay event. Pretty cool. Horizon hobby, as you know, uh, has been a big sponsor of the USO this last year. And uh, we did a clay event out in Wisconsin. Uh, we did, uh, we sent along an arm of Typhon four by four, which was auctioned off and all the proceeds went to the USO. And uh, coming up soon, there's one more clay event that we're a part of. And this time we actually get to be a part of it. We get to be able to send three teams of four if we have all the people here uh, over out to this event. And I'm captaining one of the teams. So we got me and some of the product development guys uh, doing the clay event out there. That'll be October 1st in Fortville, Indiana. So uh, another one of those fun little perks at work, but it's good to go to support a good cause and uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're all really proud of, you know, being able to give back and do good to some organizations that, that kind of align with our values. And, you know, the USO being one of our, our primary um, charities that we work with, with Hobbies for Good. I, it, it's so nice. Those people, as you know, were on site a couple weeks ago. And yeah. um, that should just be a great charity um, for us to support. And uh, yeah, I think we'll be able to just make it stronger. And yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, I guess I wasn't asked to be on the clay shooting team, but uh, that's okay. <laughs> you guys might, win. <laughs> you guys might got... win without me. So it's, it's all good, but you're right. I mean, RC fest was so good, but we've got a lot of stuff still happening this fall. Right. I mean, like yeah. you said, we've got the, the clay event coming up with USO. I'm actually headed out uh, next week to Proline by the fire next weekend. It's going to be Friday and Saturday, the September 24th and 25th. Um, out at Horseman Center Park in the Apple Valley in Southern California. So it's kind of out where the surface team is, where ProLine is. Um, I've never been to Buy the Fire, so I'm really excited to go out and, um, and be part of that. It just sounds like the theme this year is the carnival. So they've got a lot of like carnival uh, themed events and stuff like that. And again, it's, it's kind of like Axial Fest in this. It's just these really, you know, super into it enthusiast um, I'm excited uh, to, to go out and, and get a hangout with a, a bunch of our pro line and crawler fans. So 
that should be a lot of fun again next weekend, September 24th and 25th out in Apple Valley, California. So if you hear this and can make it, I'd love to say hi to you. Stop by. Yeah, that'll be a great event. I've seen the pictures from other events in the past and it should be pretty good. So, and then after that, uh, we'll have the uh, Null in the fall, which Joe Null, the normal event in the middle of the big one was canceled. And uh, so Null in the fall, we're expecting to be a pretty big event. So that'll be October 2nd and uh, through the 9th. So a full oh, week okay. of fun. It's Triple Tree Aerodrome, same place, you know, same area you're used to going if you've been to Joe Null, but don't miss that if you're into the uh, air side of the hobby. It's we're going to have a team of six out there pretty much the whole week. So if you want to come in, say hi, talk talk products, ask questions, get service, you know, we'll all be there to help you out. Um, I try, I'm going to try to make it, but I'm not sure I will. Uh, but the team will definitely be out there, so it should be a good event. And now that kind of ends the – not necessarily ends the year, but it's kind of getting into the, the colder season for the air side. So we'll, that will be a big blowout for us to have a good time right before it starts to get cold again. Yeah, well, and that's good. And, you know, I, I think we probably have some other events we'll get to this fall. We'll cover those in upcoming events. I think also our HR department asked us to do a little PSA as we uh, introduced the podcast here. So um, I do think, you know, Steve, we're having great growth right now. The industry is thriving. And, and you know, for a lot of people, even at RC Fest, I had people come up and say, you know, this is so cool, man. I'd love to work here. Well, yeah. the good news is right now we have opportunities, right? We're, we're hiring across the company. Uh, and, and there's some really cool jobs out there. Again, you can kind of make your career, uh, your hobby, your career. That that's pretty cool. I I've been pretty fortunate to get to do that for a long time. So have you, yep. um, what's the easiest way I've been employed, employed so long, Steve, I don't even know where to go look for jobs. Uh, <laughs> yeah. where, where should people go to, to find out about some cool careers? At yeah. The easiest way is just go to horizonhobby.com, scroll all the way to the bottom. There's a careers uh, link in the footer of the website. You can check that out there. And then that's going to bring you to our Ulti Pro uh, career section. So it'll show you everything uh, that's available in the United States. If you're not in the United States and you're listening to this, our European site, horizonhobby.eu, also has the same thing. So there's a career section actually at the top in the EU site. So you can check that out. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's tons of jobs available and... Uh, yeah, if you if there ever was a time to change careers, now is the time. And if you want to work in your hobby, come work for us. I did have Chris. You had the same thing, but I had several people come up to me and say, "Wow, the culture here is awesome." You know, I love what you guys do, but just seeing you in person, seeing how the teams interact, really gave me a good feeling. You know, what 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 opportunities are there? And I was able to do the same spiel and send out the careers information to a few folks. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good place to work. I, you know, you've been here nineteen plus years. Yeah. I've been here ten years. So and I would say the the tenure of most of our staff here is well north of, you know, five plus years for most people, many, many over that. Some, some people here 30 plus years. So yeah. it's, a, it's a career for life for a lot of folks. Yep. Well, so Steve, we've got a great guest today and I know people are going to be excited to hear about him, but as we always <laughs> say, it wouldn't be a horizon podcast. We didn't talk about product. So uh, why don't you go first? I know you've got a product you wanted to talk a little bit about, make sure everybody's aware of. Yeah, so Spectrum just released a line of brushless motors called Avian Motors. So we have our Avian Smart ESCs, and these are our Avian brushless outrunner motors for airplanes. So a uh, huge selection for everything from small race motors all the way up to uh, larger 30, 40, 50 cc style engines or motors uh, wow. for big giant scale planes. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can just head over to horizonhobby.com and just you can just type in the search bar Avian motor and it will bring you the full selection of avian brushless motors uh ranging anywhere from i think 69 bucks all the way up to 250 bucks good value 
great performance, good quality motor, and backed by Horizon Hobby. Nice. Sounds good. That's awesome. I mean, the Smart, Spectrum Smart, Avion line, I mean, it just keeps growing and getting better. That whole ecosystem is just, I mean, the team, you guys are doing a great job bringing new stuff to the market. Um, I have something exciting to talk about that I know caught a lot of people off guard. I was talking to Brian at Big Squid at, at RC Fest, and I asked him what he thought about the uh, TLR tuned Typhon that we announced, the roller that we announced um, last week. And his comment was, wow, I did not see that coming at all. <laughs> and uh, it is kind of fun for us once in a while. I think, Steve, when we really surprise people and do something that nobody expected. But, you know, we see a lot of, of the Arma crowd, obviously, you know, built fast, built tough. Um, they send it all the time. But, you know, some of the some of the vehicles, especially like the Typhon, um, that's kind of more of a traditional buggy we also saw some people wanting to take it to the track. And uh, so we introduced the roller and uh, kind of a collaboration between the TLR team and the Arma team. And they, you know, put some, you know, uh, uh, upgraded parts to it to make it more tunable. They did a race spec finished body. They came out with a really cool race inspired cool. kind of purple and pink trim scheme. Um, and just really surprised people. And the response has been amazing. And then, you know, I thought it was really cool. Our own Max Kramer, you know, we had a race and uh, he actually won the buggy <laughs> class with with the TLR tuned Typhon. And all they did was they put on some some uh, a little more, you know, race ready tires, um, yep. kind of upgraded the tires over the weekend. And outside of that, you know, it was pretty much out of the box. So um, very cool to see how capable that product is and, and kind of neat to see the TLR guys and the Arma guys getting together to uh, make something pretty special. So really fun project and the response has really been unbelievable. So it's exciting to see that come to market too. Yeah, awesome stuff. Well, not a whole lot more products this time around guys, but stick around, we'll have plenty more through the rest of the year. So Chris, what do you say? Want to get to the- I think uh, we'll get interview? to our guest. We have a great guest this week. Well, I say we go ahead and bring him in. All right, sounds good, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, Steve, I know you're very familiar with today's guest, and uh, I spent some time this afternoon out on YouTube getting really familiar. I've, I've heard of today's guest, but I really got familiar with him. Uh, today's guest is someone who really exemplifies what an RC legend is. Uh, you know, he started competing in both national and international competitions in flying RC at only 16 years old. At the age of 17, he branched out and got his private pilot's license. His RC background then allowed him to develop a passion for aerobatics, which brought him into the full-scale world. Uh, but again, this isn't just all play for him, Steve. He has a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering from North Carolina State University, which I know is a great program. And he has since flown in over 75 air show performances. Uh, he's certified for surface-level solo aerobatics in his own decathlon and does a really cool comedy flying act in his cub. I have so many questions to ask today's guest about this comedy act. I'm, I'm enthralled. I'm kind of geeking out a little bit, uh, Steve. Today's guest is none other than RJ Gritter with RJ Gritter Air Shows. RJ, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for being our first video guest. So it's great to see you and welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I want to ask, and I know Steve, you know, took vacation time and went up to AirVenture a few weeks ago. And I think AirVenture is anything but relaxing. I think it is truly an AirVenture adventure. Um, 
that was probably a little kind of work and fun for you as well. Have you recovered from Air Venture yet, or are you already on to your next performance? Uh, what are you up to? You know, I. It always takes a while to recover from that week. Uh, it's always a lot of fun, but yeah, you're just you're on twenty four seven doing something the whole week, and somehow you still don't get to see everything you wanted to. Um, but I came back and was trying to relax and immediately got another air show that I wasn't planning to fly the weekend right after that. Um, so I turned around and flew up to Maine that weekend, um, flew up there, flew in the show that day, spent the night, flew the show the second day and came right home. And uh, I've just been, I've been going full throttle ever since too. Um, it's been pretty busy, but um, yeah, we had a great time with Air Venture. That's crazy. I know. I, I get yeah, I gave Steve a hard time because he did take vacation, but I think he worked and helped the guys out because, as you probably know, Horizon, you know, it's a big event for us, too, and we do the fun fly and night flying. Oh, yeah. um, so I think Steve did a little work and play. So hopefully you were able to get some play in uh, at AirVenture as well. Uh, but I know that's such a great event. Um, uh, oh, I guess just to get things started off, RJ, maybe for those of you who are, you know, a little less familiar with you, um, maybe you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself other than the little bit of cheat bio that I got from Steve. I don't know. You kind of stole my life story already. Um, I'll give you sort of the whole background. I grew up in a flying family. Um, my parents were both pilots. Uh, so I grew up in the cockpit flying full-scale airplanes with them. Um, and you know, I don't know, when I was 10 or something like that, my dad bought me a one of those ready-to-fly RC airplanes and flew that a little bit. Um, but that was in the days before brushless motors, before lipos, before any of that. And so the ready-to-fly airplanes were kind of cheesy and didn't really fly very well. Um, so we made the most of it, but, you know, didn't really get hooked from that. Um, but when I was 12, one of my mom's flight students, she was teaching him to fly full-scale airplanes, um, and he was an avid RC modeler. Um, so he invited me out to the field and gave me a 40-size glow-powered trainer um, and set me up on the buddy box and gave me some instruction and got me into RC flying for real. Um, and I, I never looked back after that. I spent every weekend I could at the field for a long time. And as you sort of talk through you know, what happened after that, I get into aerobatics and competing um, for many years, uh, all the while flying full scale on the side. Um, but I could never fly as much full scale as I really wanted to. Didn't have the time. It was too expensive. Um, so really after school, uh, right at the end of college, um, I was got a chance to take a ride in an extra and, uh, just kind of go play with the airplane for about 45 minutes. And I was just hooked. It's like, all right, I have to do this. I was actually planning to go to grad school, and um, that was a big part of helping convince me not to go to grad school, just to graduate, save up money, and go buy an aerobatic airplane. Um, so that's exactly what I did. Um, yeah, so I got the decathlon uh, just the, the winter after I got out of school. I just kept living like a college student and saving up all the money that I possibly could. Um, and with the help of my parents, was able to get that airplane that winter, and I just flew it like crazy. I flew about 200 hours a year the first couple of years. So basically, I would fly about half an hour every day the weather was okay to fly. Um, 
and just kind of taught myself. And I took all that RC background. I mean, I knew how aerobatics worked and I knew, you know, I knew the mechanics of it. Horrible idea, by the way, I don't recommend this to anybody. Don't teach yourself, go get good instruction. Um, but I was fortunate enough to have some good mentors here. I practiced a bunch on my own and sort of taught myself to, to get where I am now. Um, I'm having a great time. I still fly RC as much as I can for fun, but the, the decathlon and the Cub take up most of my time. Um, yeah, it's been fun. Understood. Understood. Well, very cool, RJ. I think, uh, yeah, I, you and I met uh, for the first time probably briefly at like an E-Fest or something like that. I don't even know where we first bumped into each other. Uh, I think it might have been E-Fest here. You were out doing some flat foamy flying or um, maybe it was some one eat i don't know did you do some etoc flying as well i, d- I did yeah i was yeah. yeah goodness knows where we bumped into each other the first time but <laughs> yeah i used to hit all of those indoor events we used to have a yeah. bunch it was great we had jr indoor and efest um and then etoc of course the contest um yeah i flew my first etoc and i think 2007 something like that and flew it all the way oh, through okay. through the last one. They've done one since then, but they stopped for a long time. Um, yeah, that was really where I got into competing. Um, I loved the indoor indoor models. Um, yeah, did you? So, do you remember what your first uh, like RC airplane? You said ready to fly airplane. Do you remember what it was, or if was it like a trainer? Or was it something a little more advanced? Since you kind of had some aviation background. All right. So, well, if we go to the start, that first ready to fly thing that I got was, I don't know, made by Megatech or something. It was one of those things you get out of the sharper image catalog or something. It was horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. Yeah. Um, After that, it was a, uh, it was a motor glider that, you know, I don't remember the name of it, but kind of a a two meter, you know, brushed NICAD battery motor glider, but at least with a real radio. Um, but my first real airplane that I got at the RC field and buddy boxed on and sold it on was a Habaco flight star, um, you know, flat bottom wing, okay. big dihedral 40 size thing with a little tower hobbies, 46. Blow <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and I had, yeah. you know, I think it took a while before I really got aerobatic models. Um, I think I, the first really aerobatic airplane, I mean, I shoot, Actually, I remember now, after the Flight Star, I got an Avastar, and we modified it. We took some of the dihedral out of the wing, made it a tail dragger, spiced it up a little bit, and, and that was the airplane I learned to snap roll. It's pretty funny taking a big high wing thing like that and oh, wow. trying to learn to stop a snap roll accurately with it, but <laughs> that's what I learned that on. Um, yeah. Nice. Well, I had a question here that was, I think you kind of covered it, but you know, did, you were, you said you were always into aviation, kind of grew up in an aviation family, but, mm-hmm. uh, did you, do you think that your, your RC flying kind of helped craft where you're at today? Did it, did it influence you more to get deeper into aviation or was it just a hobby at the time? Or did you know you were going to get to that full scale side with it? You know, it was some of both. I think I, I knew I wanted to go this direction from when I was pretty little, but it helped really push me that way and, and teach me a lot. Um, I used to, or early on, I would take whatever I could and build some weird RC airplane out of it. I would take other airplane parts and kit bash something together and try to make weird 
like canard configuration and twin pusher puller airplanes and weird things like that. Um, and half the fun was just building weird things like that and trying to get them to fly and doing a lot of that gave me this weird innate sense of how airplane stability and controls works. And so before I even went to school and learned math behind it, I could just look at it and pretty much tell if it was going to work or what, you know, proportions needed to change on the airplane and all that. Um, and so I kind of got a passion for designing airplanes through doing it in the RC world. Uh, and yeah, that, that carried me right into the degree, certainly. <laughs> gotcha. So I was watching a video earlier today too, of, uh, of, of you flying at eFest a few years ago, uh, flying, yeah, uh, some foamies there. It was pretty amazing to watch you fly. And I know you've competed a lot in RC national, internationally. Do you have a, an event or a certain type of flying from your RC days that really sticks out in your mind as, you know, kind of a, a really cool place or a neat place you got to fly or just an event that you, you know, really sticks out in your mind? Probably quite a few. Um, the first one that comes to mind is ETOC. That like I sort of said, that's the contest that got me into competing. And I distinctly remember watching the live stream from ETOC in 2006 on, um, on RC Universe. This was, you know, pre-YouTube. There wasn't YouTube live streaming. It was someone managed to get it up on RC Universe and watch the whole thing live about as grainy as possible. I could barely see the airplane. Um, but, but I watched the whole thing live and I was just enthralled with it. And I, I said, it sounds cliche, but no kidding that day I said, all right, I want to go do that next year. I didn't know how to get there. Um, but I knew that's what I wanted to get into. And so that ETOC was kind of the defining contest and driving force for me for a long time. Um, you know, spend, spend a good chunk of the year developing airplanes and practicing for that. Um, made a lot of lifelong friends competing in that. Um, yeah, that was, that was kind of the big one uh, to rattle off a few others. I got to do a lot of neat things. Um, we used to do the youth masters at, uh, at triple tree, um, which was a contest where we provided the airplanes for the kids and they were sort of all skill levels. There'd be some that were still on a buddy box and some that were competing, but we'd take them all and kind of teach them to fly the airplane, teach them to fly the sequence and let them compete. And that was cool. Um, there is actually one guy, uh, JP Stewart was one of the kids there who was learning to compete, um, went on to get an aerospace degree and I worked with him for a few years. It's, it's kind of weird how those things come full circle. Uh, related, um, Camp AMA was really special. That was another one where, you know, we get kids come in from all experience levels and just come camp for a week and just the biggest part of it is just getting them to fly together. Um, we try to teach them a little bit or help them where they want to, but uh, it was pretty special to get that together. You know, I didn't, I didn't have that when I was little. I wish when I was their age, I could have flown with people my own age, but that was really rewarding to do for, for many years. Um, and again, actually, one of our campers who was there in one of the first couple of years came and worked at Aurora and interned there and worked with me for a couple of years. So um, it's amazing, kind of an amazing what, what a small world it is. But and then finally, uh, 
I was fortunate enough to go um, represent the U.S. on the first F3P team that we had. So we went to the World Championships in Poland. And uh, then a couple years oh, wow. after that, I went to Dubai for the World Air Games, um, which was really neat because oh, it wow. took Very nice. all, yeah, it took all these different disciplines of um, of aerosports. Basically, there was full scale. Um, I remember seeing Rob Holland there competing in full scale. They had RC helicopters. We had indoor freestyle aerobatics, balloons, paragliders. Yeah, that was really special. Yeah, very, very cool. It, it is amazing. I know a couple of years ago, uh, Steve and James Haley from the team went to Hawaii to compete in, in some of the, the drone fixed wing drone racing. And I thought, man, I should have practiced flying more. I could be getting to Hawaii right now. So, yeah, when you're talking about going to Dubai and places, it is really amazing. The places, you know, that, that RC has taken, you know, some of the folks in the in the industry and like Triple Tree is such a beautiful location. As well, so I have to ask. You know, we talked to Rick Larson um, from the EAA recently, and he was talking about even though he he readily has ex- access to full scale aviation, you know, that he has evenings sometimes where he has to kind of choose between: well, do I go fly my full scale plane, or do I go out to the flying field and hang out with the guys at the RC club? Um, not to put you on the spot here, but you know, are you able to kind of? balance your RC passion here or do you just go out and fly the decathlon still every chance you get? You know, it's a little of both. I, uh, these days I don't really go to the RC club very much. Um, so I, I wish I did. There are a few really good clubs around here. I just, I just never go, but, um, I usually keep a couple RC airplanes at the airport. So on a calm evening, you know, after I'm done flying for the day, I'll go fly one. We bring them out to the flying circus all the time, and in the evenings after after the air show, uh, we'll go fly a lot. Um, and then I'm also fortunate enough to uh, work in a related field where we do some, you know, some UAV work. And at the end of a test day, uh, when we're out out for work, a lot of us bring RC models out and fly together. Um, so I, I get my fix that way. Can you? Yeah, <laughs> I'll bet. Can you talk a little bit about the the work you're doing with that on the side, or is that kind of like your day to day, and then the air show is kind of the side stuff, or how does that work, and what are you doing currently? It's it's a little of both. My I wish air shows was my uh, my full time gig. Um, that sure a lot of fun, but uh, no, I day to day, as you said, my degree is aerospace engineering, um, and I work for a company called Aurora Flight Sciences. Uh, that's based up here in Northern Virginia. Um, it's actually now a subsidiary of Boeing. Um, but we do a lot of interesting um, kind of cutting edge airplane design. Uh, we do a lot of interesting one-off prototypes, um, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries of, of aircraft configurations and uh, you know propulsion technologies and things like that. Um, so I've worked there since I got out of school, so a little over six years now. Um, and I've worked on a number of a number of very cool programs. Um, say the ones I've worked on most recently, I can't talk about a whole lot, unfortunately. Um, but I'd say uh, my RC background, you know, it, it's fair to say with what's going on with UAV technologies these days, um, people with RC experience uh, find themselves pretty well suited to jump into that world, and you know, already kind of know a lot of the technologies. Yeah, so that's what I do a lot. 
awesome. Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have to ask, I mean, again, you, you've talked about, and you're obviously a, an accomplished pilot. And again, if, if people go out and, and look for you on YouTube, they'll be amazed at the, the, the flying you do. And uh, you're so young. Again, the video podcast here is so great. Uh, you're, you're so young. I, I have to ask, I mean, did you have, you talked a little bit about being, you know, self-taught, but do you have mentors or anyone you've worked with that kind of have helped you through the process? I can't imagine you just jump in the decathlon or the cub and start flying, you know, bouncing off the ground and flying, you know, with your wing, you know, barely above the ground. So how, how does that work? <laughs> no, not, yeah, I've been, I've been fortunate to have some very good mentors. Um, the one who sort of helped me get started when I first got the airplane, uh, his name is Kirk Wicker. Uh, if you go look on YouTube, you'll find a bunch of videos of him too. Um, and he's also an RC guy, actually. Um, very, very, very talented RC pattern pilot. Um, he flew air shows for many years. And in fact, I was, I met him at the Winston-Salem air show in North Carolina one year. I was flying an RC demo in the show and he was there flying a Stearman and his cub, um, doing the same, a similar cub combi act. So I met him there years later not even realizing it, I moved up here to take the job at Aurora um, and moved in nearby him. Um, so we're based basically at the same airport. And so when I got the decathlon, I started just playing with, you know, learning aerobatics myself in it. And at some point I said, all right, this is a bad idea. I need to, I need to drag Kirk up and uh, have him show me, you know, what I'm missing here. And as I recall, we went up and he, basically told me to show him what I was already doing with the airplane. And after about a half hour of it, um, he said, all right, you're safe. Keep, just keep practicing. Um, and so that's basically what I did. Um, I've had the benefit of a lot of, you know, coaching from the ground. So usually uh, you, when you're first learning aerobatics, the instructor will go with you. And, and, you know, teach you the basics of it. But at a certain point, you don't need that in the cockpit anymore. And you have people watch from the ground and critique you and help you get the geometry right and kind of show you what, what you can't see from outside the airplane. Um, so he's helped me with that. A number of the competition pilots who are based at the airport and that have done the same. And then when it came to the Cub, um, it was actually Kirk's idea to have me start doing that act. And he said he, he had stopped flying air shows at that point, said, take my cub and go go learn how to do this. Um, and so he, he sort of mentored me through the through the basics of the cub act. Um, but otherwise, I went up and just felt the airplane out and tried to find every little scary corner where the airplane might try to surprise you or bite you or or snap roll or something interesting. I learned all that way up high and then worked my way down until I was comfortable, you know, doing what you see in the videos right on the ground. So. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you mentioned the cub comedy stuff, but I think it'll be good to at least start there. I mean, Chris and I have seen it. Um, you know, I, I didn't get to see, I don't think you did the cub comedy at Osh. I know you did a lot of decathlon flying, or at least I didn't see you do any cub comedy, but can you explain to the audience exactly what it is? What, what is cub comedy and what that type of act entails? Sure. Yeah. So this is, um, you might've sort of seen the flying farmer act before there, there are a few plays on this, but the gist is 
somehow an airplane comes out and someone ends up stealing the airplane. Um, and I'm the guy that steals the airplane. And of course, I'm not supposed to know how to fly. The whole act is when I do it, I sit in the audience and there's always a raffle at the air show and they pull a raffle ticket out and I want to ride and shoot, we're going to do the ride right here in the middle of the show. So they pull an airplane out. I walk out, they strap me in the airplane and then something goes wrong with the airplane. Something's broken. And so the instructor in the airplane has to get out to go look at it. And while they're back at the tail trying to fix whatever's wrong with the tailwheel, I throw the throttle up and, and, you know, run away with the airplane. And so it's a lot of, to start with, it's bouncing it off the ground. And, you know, am I even going to get off the ground? And once it's in the air, it's just moving everything back and forth as much as you can and trying to look like you're almost going to crash the whole time. But then, of course, you don't. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, there it's, been, there, there, yeah, it there are really a few cool guys to watch. that do it. Definitely... Sorry. So, so are there people, this is where I have to ask, I'm thinking, I was imagining, you know, okay, if I didn't know that this is the video I was watching, I mean, are there people that are, do you have that moment, I assume with a crowd that big where there's kind of the, what the heck's going on here moment where people kind of think this crazy dude is, cause you look like a guy in the audience. I mean, you look like, you know, when you walk out there, it's like, yeah, there's a dude in a t-shirt and he's just walking out and getting in the airplane, taking selfies. I, I mean, is there kind of that moment where people in the crowd are like, oh goodness, what's happening? For sure. And that's what I go for. So <laughs> that's the best part. I love it. A few different people do a similar act and they, they do a, a kind of a, a different take on it. Um, Charlie Culp used to do it here at the Flying Circus um, and he was the flying farmer. And so his act was He's the guy that's been mowing the grass there for 30 years and he's never gotten an airplane ride and we're going to bring him out and give him a ride. Um, a few other people do the drunk thing and there's usually, you can tell something's not quite right about the situation, right? It's pretty obvious. I try to slow play it a little bit. I want people to believe it at least as long as they can. After the first few bounces, they probably realize, all right, he should be dead by now. But that's fine. I want them to believe it as long as they can. And, and so that's why I try I blend into the crowd. I just make it like a raffle ride. Um, I try to make it convincing. And yeah, that's the idea. I want everyone on the edge of their seat enough, but just short of actually calling 911 as soon as they see it happen, because that makes a mess of the earth. So. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, you, that's, that's a different, that's a whole different uh, experience, right? When people start calling 911. So, yeah. Exactly, yeah. One of the guys who does it. I got to um, ask this, I'll I, jump. I want to say, I'm trying to remember who it was. I mean, one of the guys that does a stolen airplane act, uh, the security force at the air show actually came out and tackled him while he was running out to steal the airplane. So after that, he learned he needed to brief everybody beforehand on what was going to happen. So, yeah, I... I avoid that one too. <laughs> do you have to, uh, do you have to like do any modifications to the cub in before you do it? Or is it just a bone stock type of cub? It's bone stock. Um, the one I'm flying is wow. has an 85 horse engine. So originally most of them had 65 horse. So that's a little bit of an upgrade, but otherwise it's, it's totally stock. There's nothing else different about that's it. Impressive. Um, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to do much. Um, some of the guys that like fly on pavement and will scrape wingtips on the pavement. 
will reinforce the wingtips and things like that so you don't actually tear the fabric up. But I don't do anything. I'll, I'll sure. put a wingtip on the grass and you, know, you just kind of wipe the grass stain off afterward. But otherwise, it's not bad. <laughs> you make it look really aggressive on the airplane. Um, but in the air, you're not loading it that much. It's not like you're pulling a lot of Gs. And then even when we bounce it off the ground, I might be pointed at the ground really steep. But, you know, I pull out at the last second and I, I, I put a lot of practice into bouncing the wheel off, but not really slamming it down so it doesn't hurt the airplane. At least that's the idea. Yeah, sure. That's cool. That's yeah. cool to watch. Well, I was listening to an interview with a, an actress the other day and, and they were asking her about, she, she was somebody that's done comedy and, you know, serious acting. And they were saying, yeah. you know, well, which is, which do you enjoy more? And she said, well, comedy is a lot harder because, you know, you do want it to be, you know, convincing or it's kind of corny. So maybe it's a little different for you, but, you know, I have to ask, you know, which is harder, the decathlon type aerobatics or, you know, the Cub Comedy Act, which is which is harder? They, I mean, they're both impressive. I I think the Cub is harder. They're, they're a different, it's certainly more exhausting. Um, they're a very diff- different discipline. The Cub Act is strange because you start in the audience trying to look like a normal person, not trying to look like, okay, I'm an air show pilot and I need to go do this and I need to get in the zone right now. So, whereas with a decathlon, for half an hour before I fly, I'll try to go walk away. I'll walk through my routine the whole time and really get in the in the zone, go get in the airplane, totally focused on what I'm going to do. And you need that to fly precision surface level aerobatics. But the Cub, I start this by hopping the fence and walking out and strapping in the airplane, and then off we go. <laughs> um, it's a different mindset. It's way more exhausting because you're just the whole time moving moving the stick around the airplane's really heavy to horse around and um it's much more exhausting i think it's i think it's more difficult um, but you know kind of nice you don't have to be super <laughs> i can see that but quite the, the opposite <laughs> yeah well i can see when you're inside the cockpit you know you really are you're slamming that stick around it's insane to watch some yeah. of the in cockpit footage it's all it's pretty cool i love some so, of the cockpit footage what of was that. it yeah it just looks like you're it looks like you're out of control it almost looks like it's like a crash investigation video (laughs) you know Uh, it's exactly right yeah (laughs) which just means you're doing it right so that's good um so jumping back to to air venture a little bit i mean what uh well was this your first year performing at air venture and what what sort of what did that feel like i mean that's kind of the world's biggest stage for for aviation really I can't think of a bigger show, at least none in the United States. And honestly, I can't think of one in the world, but what was it like? Was it super nerve wracking or did you feel pretty comfortable and at home? You know, it was some of both. Um, It was, (laughs) first of all, I wouldn't let myself believe I was really going to fly in the show until I was there strapping in the airplane to actually go do it. It's one of those things I felt like I was going to jinx it somehow. So I was excited leading up to it, but not particularly nervous. Um, you know, the day we actually go to the briefing and see your name on the schedule, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of strange. You know, I've, I've kind of dreamt about flying at AirVenture since I was little. Um, I, went to, I went to AirVenture the first time when I was, I don't know, 10 or something with my parents, probably younger than that. Um, so I used to hang out there when I was a little kid and, and watch the show. So I always dreamed of myself flying in the show, but I 
it's hard to imagine it really happening. Um, so, you know, we flew, we got there Sunday and flew in the show for the first time Monday. So I didn't have a whole lot of time to, you know, kind of sit around and get nervous about it. It was just straight to work. Um, and the whole day that we flew in the show was, was just busy getting ready for it basically. Um, but you know, it's, I let it sink in a couple times when I was sitting there on the flight line, look around, look at, you know, Boeing Plaza and all the people out there strapping in the airplane. Like it's kind of one of those, what the heck am I doing moments? Is this real? Um, <laughs> and then, you know, you strap in, start the engine, take off. And uh, a couple times, you know, we take off and we, we orbit behind the crowd waiting to, to come into the aerobatic box to actually do our show. And I spent just a little bit of time while I was there looking at the crowd, and, you know, just down at the sea that is AirVenture and all the airplanes and just taking that in and kind of being excited. But once they say you're clear into the box, it's, it's just, it's go time and it's just time to work. And you just focus on, focus on the flying and um, all the rest of that kind of melts away. And, you know, for that, five, 10 minutes, it's just you and the airplane doing what you do. And then it's just like any other practice day, really, um, till it's over and you're on final approach and you're like, okay, now I'm landing in front of the whole crowd at Oshkosh. Don't bounce. Don't bounce. That's, <laughs> that's when you get nervous. Yeah. So it, it does seem, and I know for, for our team that was up at AirVenture this year, and it, it, maybe there was kind of a special energy you know, especially with it being canceled last year. And I think people are just so grateful to be out, able to enjoy their passion again. Obviously, you know, something you'll probably never forget, you're flying at AirVenture. Was there any other part of the show that, that you got to, that really stuck out to you, you know, as an enthusiast, um, you know, while you're at, at AirVenture? Or was it really all kind of just work and preparing for your next flight? You know, the week's a little bit of a blur looking back on it now. Um, say a, a couple things that were really special this year. So I've been up there the past two years before this. Um, well, of course, not last year. It was canceled. The two previous years that we were there. Um, right. I flew flew in myself um, and, and got to just enjoy the whole week and, and everything that that is. Um, so really special this year was... A, a little bit just getting out of the house and getting back and, you know, seeing a bunch of people I haven't gotten right. to see in a long time. Um, but spending some time with the performers, um, you know, there are a bunch of bunch of pilots up there that I've been fortunate enough to fly with at other shows. Um, but getting to spend a little more time with them, getting to know them better. And they're they're all just really good people. Um, it's great. Everyone in aviation, really. It's a really great community. Um, but it was cool to spend some time with, you know, people that really know what that's like, do the air show flying thing. And just, just, you know, there aren't that many of us that get to hang out together. So that was pretty special. Um, otherwise just sitting back meeting a bunch of, I got to actually this year meet a bunch of friends who I sort of know online in the aviation community, but never actually had been able to meet them in person before. Um, that was yeah. really exciting. Getting, getting to meet them, spend some time with them, and just watch the show with them. I One of my favorites is the night show and the fireworks. 
that's just the most relaxing thing. So to sit back with, you know, a bunch of friends you don't see often and watch the night show, watch the fireworks. It's that's great. That's like the defining part of air venture every yeah. year. I love it. It was it, definitely, I agree hundred percent. And uh, Chris, I know you weren't there, but this year, the fireworks show, I don't think we're going to be able to beat it at RC fest, but uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the fireworks show is always incredible at air venture. And this year they did, uh, two, what they call super nuke, which I think is what the, the term is. My friend had knows one of the guys doing that. And it's a barrel of diesel buried in the ground that they launch into the air. <laughs> and it, it basically looks like a nuclear blast. Like it's a mushroom cloud. Right. Last year they did one to end the show. And this year they said, let's do two. <laughs> and so like the whole flight line and you can feel the heat from hundreds of yards away. Uh, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you, RJ. The, the night show that ends with the fireworks is just, otherworldly there's nothing else out there like it really cool time cool. Uh, well at least you got to have a little fun i know <laughs> being a performer can be kind of crazy but uh, at least you got to enjoy the event some and and uh, also get to <laughs> get some flying in as well um wh- so now that you're back you said you've been starting to do some more shows or at least you had one that kind of popped up how many shows do you do a year i know you're kind of not necessarily you haven't been doing this part for many many years but just getting started with it. What's, what's kind of a yearly average for you? What do you, how many shows are you getting to? And then what part of the country are you able to get to? Yeah, it's been something like 10 shows a year for a while. Um, this year has been slow coming off of everything sure. being canceled last year. Um, but that's about what I shoot for. You know, I like having a few weekends back home to kind of relax, not being on the road sure. every weekend all summer. Um, but, but that's about right. And so I go, well, let's see. I've gone now as far as Maine uh, to the north, gone out to Illinois, Indiana. Um, this year, the farthest south, I'm going to North Carolina, actually not very far. I'm going to Cherry Point in, uh, in about a month or a few weeks now, actually. Um, yeah, so my airplanes are slow. So I try not to have to fly, you know, more than eight hours or so to a show. Um, so, you know, kind of, kind of the East coast, um, yeah, something like 10, but then I, I sort of cheat. So in addition to those 10 shows, I try to get to, um, I've mentioned it before, but I should explain there's a place here in Virginia called the flying circus, uh, where if you've heard of old Brinebeck, it's kind of like that. It's a fixed place where we do shows every weekend all summer. Um, so any weekend that I'm not on the road somewhere else. I fly at the at the show here at the Flying Circus. Um, so if you're ever in Northern Virginia, come check it out. Just go online, search Flying Circus, you'll find it. It's a fun little show. Um, it's a lot of steermans. There's a lot of steerman formation. Um, we do aerobatics. We do uh, the Cub Comedy. I fly my decathlon in the show. Scott Francis flies his MXS. Um, it's a lot of fun. So I sort of cheat. I get to fly an air show every weekend all summer if I want to. Um, whether I'm in or out of town, I'm applying one way or another. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. Well, we know that uh, RC and aviation are are great for programs like STEM. And uh, we hear that you're incorporating STEM into your program. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you're doing there. So I'm, I'm trying to go a couple different directions with it. A lot of air shows are are really bringing a STEM component into their overall production. Um, and so often 
like there's a show here locally that's just a one day show on Saturday, but on Friday they bring busloads of kids out and have uh, you know STEM exhibits set up and kind of show robotics and show them you know let them look at the airplane. Um, Andrews Air Force Base is another show that has a whole hangar dedicated to STEM exhibits for kids. They bring UAVs out, they fly stuff in the hangar. They've got, you know, groups from all different companies kind of showing the neat technology things they're doing. Um, and so since I'm an aerospace engineer and I'm one of the performers in the show, I just get involved in that however the show wants me to. Um, and, you know, I sort of, if nothing else, share my story with the kids that, look, I, you know, grew up flying. I grew up doing the RC thing and went to school to learn that formally and between between the degree and the rc experience it took me into this amazing career um so yeah it's just kind of whatever whatever the air shows are doing i'm there to support it um and they're doing some doing some really amazing things just just exposing kids to you know where they can really go with stem um and, you know, some hands-on experience with the end result of it is, is really pretty rewarding. That's awesome. Yeah. The, you know, I, we were talking to the EAA and Rick Larson, and that's something that obviously they're focused on heavily is how do we get more kids into aviation? And the nice thing is, is it, there's a great connect between aviation and RC with STEM. I know you did some stuff with Camp AMA in the past and, uh, that's always an awesome program to see kids coming in. And while it's not necessarily STEM related at that one, it kind of is. And um, I know it's more about flying RC, but uh, yeah, it's good to see. And we, we see the same thing, even though it's not what I would consider a true STEM program. When we're out in the field and we're flying with people or we're bringing in kids at RC Fest next weekend, uh, you know, they, they come in and they fly and just introducing them to the sport and to the hobby, uh, whether it's full scale or RC can really put that, that individual on a path to, to kind of grow up and go, I want to do this for a living. Uh, kind of like you, you did. I mean, I, I got into the hobby when I was 13 and, and I always told myself, I'd be really cool to work in this hobby. And you know, at that point, everyone's like, you can't play with model airplanes for your for a living, you know, look at me now, mom. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but I think, you know, the, the, the cool thing is, is that, you know, you're able to bring that into the show, but do you, when you were younger, you talked about a mentor, but was there anybody that you looked up to like, wow, I really want to be like this person when you were, when you were younger, or was it just, I want to be an air show pilot and I don't care who it is. <laughs> you know, that's a good question. Um, I can think of a number, a number of pilots I remember watching back then and sort of inspiring me to get into it. Um, like, Rob Holland later on, Patty Wagstaff, Kirk at the air show there. Um, I mean, shoot, the Youngkins, Franklins. I, I, I remember watching all of them and them all sort of inspiring me to go down that path. I wouldn't say there was one that I'm like, I want to go do that. Um, I sort yeah. of knew, I think I knew from RC flying that I, in RC flying and in RC competition, I sort of developed a style and I knew I just wanted to take mm. that style into full scale airplanes. Um, and I think, I, I think you see that sort of in my flying and what I do with it at Cathlon. You see, if nothing else, you see some maneuvers that we used to do with RC models that you otherwise don't see with airplanes that I, I do with that. 
Um, and it's always pretty cool after a flight, the RC people in the crowd will show up and they'll come say, Hey, you did the snake. You did that thing. You know, that they, they recognize that from the RC world. And so that's pretty cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I just knew I, I knew I wanted to get there one day. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty cool. Yeah. No, that's, that's totally cool. Yeah. No, it, it's sometimes it's, it's a mixture. It's not just one individual and that's kind of what, who makes you individually different with from other performers too, because you're taking inspirations from RC and from the full and from other air show performers. So, you know, you kind of build your own brand that way. That's really cool. So what's the future of uh, RJ and RJ Gritter air shows? What, what is the next five years going to bring? You got any crazy things up your sleeve or uh, any new airplanes in the future? Or what are you, what are you looking into doing? You know, some of both. Um, I really enjoy flying the decathlon. I, I want to keep flying the decathlon in shows. Um, there aren't that many guys that fly decathlons in shows. Greg Koontz does. He does a fantastic show in his. Um, there are a couple other regional guys who also do, do fantastic shows. Um, but I think it's, it's kind of unique in the air show world. There are a lot of high-performance aerobatic airplanes, um, but not a whole lot of lower performance kind of energy management you know, get everything you can out of the airplane kind of thing. So I really enjoy doing that. But of course, at the same time, I want to fly high performance airplanes too. Um, so, I'm, you know, I want, I want to fly an airplane that I can do rolling Harriers and rolling loops and all sorts of other crazy RC stuff with, um, and go vertical for more than 1.5 seconds. So, um, I am, I'm moving in that direction. Um, a friend and I rebuilt a pits that I'm flying. I don't intend to fly it in air shows, but I'm having a lot of fun flying it and learning kind of how to fly higher performance airplanes. And then I'm rebuilding um, a Cap 21 right now that uh, actually used to be Kirk Wicker's airplane. If you go on YouTube and search prop falls off plane, you'll find a video of this airplane with him flying it when the crankshaft broke and the prop flew off. Um, I have that airframe that I'm doing some repair work on now. And with any luck, if I don't find anything too scary that needs to be fixed, uh, that'll probably be the next air show airplane. Um, and I think that's kind of unique too, in that it's, it's not an extra, it's not crazy fast, high horsepower like that, but it's a step up from the decathlon in a really neat way. It, Watching the video of it, it looks like it flies like a 3D giant scale airplane. It's kind of light on the wing. It's kind of got light wing loading, and it'll tumble around and roll at really low speeds. And I'm excited to see what that'll do. Um, so with any luck, that'll be the next air show airplane, and I'll kind of see where that takes me. Um, but I'll probably keep flying both. I, I can't get rid of the Decathlon. I love it too much. So you just keep adding add you never replace you just add it's okay yeah that's awesome it's just like rc you just keep adding to your collection you don't right. you don't ever get rid of anything so that's you exactly should just right. have your full scale planes for sure you got it yeah. yeah well rj each each episode we like to give our guests you know kind of an open mic as we start to wrap up and give you a chance to talk or promote anything you want so whether it's your next air show or uh 
you know, YouTube page, anything you'd like to just share with folks who may be listening to the podcast today? Yeah, sure thing. Well, let's see. So for the rest of this year, you can come see me at uh, Cherry Point Air Show. So anyone in North Carolina, come out to the coast, come see me at Cherry Point. I'll be flying the decathlon and the cub there. Um, and it's Blue Angel Show. That'll be, that'll be my first time flying with the Blues. So excited about that. Um, otherwise, if you're in Virginia, um, come check us out at the Flying Circus. Uh, every Sunday through the end of October, as long as the weather's good, um, we'll be out there flying. And I, again, I fly both my acts there and also fly, fly the Stearman and such. Um, so if you come out to either one of those, come see me, come find me at the flight line, say hi, please. Um, online, go follow me on Instagram. I'm, it's very hard to find me at RJ Gritter. Um, that's pretty much what I keep <laughs> up with. I put all my fun stuff there. Um, I'm trying to get a little more on YouTube too, but everything goes up on Instagram. So go check that out. Um, I've got, you know, buckets of fun video from all the air shows that I still need to edit and, uh, and get up there soon. Um, and a lot of cool dog pictures too, I hear. A lot of cool dog pictures. Airplane themed so, dog aviation pictures. fans, air show fans, and, and dog fans. Can exactly. All There's something for everybody. From, uh, from subscribing. <laughs> That's exactly right. It sounds, I'm going to do it as soon as we wrap up. I'm going to. I'm totally going to do it as soon as we wrap up. Um, well, RJ, you know, uh, the whole point. Steve and I started this fun little podcast just because we're fortunate enough in this this little RC world to get to interact with folks like you who have amazing passion for aviation and in all shapes and sizes and uh it is an inspirational story and hopefully somebody you know folks out there listening today um you know you'll inspire them to be the the next generation of of aviation you know and, and aerobatic pilots so um thanks for joining us today thanks for uh sharing your story and how rc really can as steve said you know for all the people that said oh you can't make a a job and career out of flying toy planes. Uh, well, you can, and here's three examples of it right here on this, on this podcast today. So we will certainly look uh, your schedule up. Everybody listening, please go out and, and try to. If you're on the East Coast, find a way to uh, go see RJ RJ fly. And uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can get you out to RC Fest maybe next year. Yeah, I'd, no, RJ, I'd love to. We, we were we were talking about that just the other day and how we were going to try to squeeze it in this year, but I don't think it's going to happen. So next year for sure. <laughs> this year, I'll give Steve credit. I mean, we just, you know, it's been so touch and go, as, as you know, with just scheduling events with crowds. And um, we, we do feel good about doing it next weekend. It's great that it's an outdoor event, but um, we're, so we're going to do it. But yeah, next year, we're going to be like Air Venture. We're going to come back bigger, better faster so we would love to have you as a special guest so we'll we'll steve we'll make sure that happens definitely can't wait i'll bring the decathlon out and i'll just have to steal some rc models from you guys kind of hard to work in the airplane <laughs> yeah. we, we know people we i'm sure we can get yeah i'm sure we can get you hooked up so uh, <laughs> we'd good. love to have you thank, thank you for your time today and uh this this has been great getting to, to hear your story a little bit sure thing thank you guys this was fun all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for tuning in to this episode of the On the Horizon RC podcast. This episode is over, but check the show notes for all the information about RJ. But most importantly, check out RJ Gritter 
Gmail.com. We want to thank RJ for coming on the show. And, guys, we will see you on the next one as we truck along here in Season 2 of the On the Horizon RC Podcast. We'll see you next time.